0: About to win so big. Tell my hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me what's the program? 25 days of Yeah, get with the program. So they walk their way get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's another week. Well, no, i take that back. It's not another week. It's week one, baby. That means we have made it. We have made it to the promised land. The dog days of summer are over. Football season is here. Hokies football is back. And if you're listening to this, that means it's Monday, August 28th, which just happens to be my birthday. Another trip around the sun. So. Thank you very much. Blessed to be here. I got a guest today that y'all haven't heard from, but he holds his own, and I think y'all are going to really like him. His name is Noah Die. He also went to Marshall University. He also grew up a diehard Hokie fan, and he's here to help drop some knowledge and break down this ODU preview on this podcast episode of Tales from the Terror Dome, brought to you by Benny's pizza in downtown Blacksburg. Noah, how you doing? I'm excited. I'm excited to do this. Oh, you sound thrilled, man. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it between the lines, you know. I know I got you. I, I feel like I should pull a PJ Fleck and like leave the room and come back in and make you do it again. <laughs> 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 It'll be worse next time, trust me. I got you.
1: <laughs> so how you doing man? How you living? I'm doing well, you know, just I'm ready for I'm ready for week one the same way you are. I'm excited. You know, I've been watching a bunch of, you know, college football videos on YouTube and stuff, just getting ready.
0: Yeah, I think my favorite part about week one is um, all of the discourse throughout the offseason, all like the stuff, whether it be annoying or not, you know, who's going to be the quarterback. The offensive line, oh, they're going to suck again or they're going to be good again. I have faith in this person. I don't have faith in this person. Like, It's time to find out. Yeah, we're going to find out who's right and who's wrong. And the thing is, everyone's going to be
1: right about something and everyone's going to be wrong about something.
0: So we're all equal at the end. We are. We're, we are all created equal in God's name. <laughs> <laughs> Man, week one. 8 p.m., September 2nd, Lane Stadium, Old Dominion coming in. Last year did not go the way we wanted it to. Uh, This year, we're hoping to drastically change that. What are your initial thoughts on this one?
1: Well, my initial thought is that we we have their best player from last year. So I feel good about that. Um, I also think that we have something to prove, obviously. Uh, it didn't go the way we wanted it to in Norfolk last year. And I think that they're going to be chomping at the bit to make that right in Lane Stadium this year. And I'm excited to see it play out.
0: Yeah, as am I, uh, I think – I mean, I just want the W. But at the same time, it's not gonna feel as good if we don't beat their ass. Like we
1: gotta get some style points, you know. Yes.
0: Yeah, we gotta get the the old BCS style points, you know, where Pete Carroll was running it up on Eastern Central Michigan in the fourth quarter or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, leaving the starters into the last possession. Yeah, I don't. I don't want us to do that because I feel like we do have a lot of freshmen that I would like to see. But yeah, I would definitely
0: like to go out there and make things right. Yeah, I think the ideal situation here is that, you know, all the freshmen, whether they're going to redshirt or not, still get the four games. So you would want this to be one of those games where they get to come in and get some considerable playing time because the game is so far out of reach versus the person in front of them wasn't cutting it and we're in a dogfight and we need to figure out how we're going to win this one.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, we really only had one game last year that even got – Close to, I guess, two if you count Boston College. But even in the second half, they made it interesting. But Wofford last year, you know, we really couldn't get those backups a lot of reps. So it would be nice week one this year, first game of the year to do that and get those guys some experience, you know,
0: a month before we get into conference play. Yeah, I would love for this one to start out like our home opener did last year where, uh, you know, he's not no longer on the team, but Armani Chapman picked off you know, Uh, Jakovic. Yeah. Yeah. And and set the tone for that game. Whereas this one, I would like to do the same thing with ODU, just just put terror in their heart from the very beginning and just watch it unravel.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if that exact situation does play itself out minus Chapman,
0: obviously, you know, I'd like to see the DB actually cut back and try to score really set the tone. No, absolutely. Yeah. Don't just, Don't just get the ball and step out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, I really – a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown
1: to go out would – that that would send Lane Stadium into pandemonium because we've been waiting on something like that since probably – well, I guess Tucker Holloway and uh, Kelly Lawson had defensive and special teams touchdowns last year. But I feel like in terms of just like blowing the roof off of Lane Stadium, so to speak – we haven't seen that since Waller against Notre Dame in twenty twenty one. So Yeah.
0: Be good our big, to get that. Uh, no doubt. Our uh, yeah, our, one of our biggest special teams plays last year actually occurred at Pitt, so we didn't even get to experience that. in yeah, well was I was there punt. I was there
1: for that one. I was going crazy. The people around me obviously weren't, but
0: I was. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot you did go to that game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had a couple friends that were living up in Pittsburgh. One of them was working for Pittsburgh, uh, so I got to go to the game. And yeah, they they were getting a little worried when we blocked that punt.
0: Yeah, I I felt quite a bit of opium shoot through my veins and my arteries at the time, and then it obviously was not to be, but that was a game last year where I looked back at it and I was like, I like the way they fought for most of that.
1: Well, I like the way they fought really all year last year. Things obviously didn't go the way you wanted it to, but I mean, till till the very end, those guys were fighting. And ultimately that manifested itself in a win at Liberty where they really had to dig deep. And that's kind of what's got me excited about this year is that, you know, they built some momentum going to the off season carry that momentum into the off season with recruiting and the transfer portal. And I think everyone's just chomping at the bit for week one.
0: No, I agree with you. Uh, I went to quite a few games last year. Actually, I think I went to like eight or nine. It was something crazy, but I I did go to the Liberty game and it was nice to see uh, Jalen Holston get his three tutties on the way out Um, because unfortunately we didn't play the last game of the year due to, very, very tragic circumstances. Uh, but it they did scrap all year, and I think there was just one or two plays every game. For the most part, you mean games like North Carolina where it wouldn't have mattered, but other games where it was like, you know, one or two plays, it could have gone the other way. We're walking out with maybe a W, but now we have a new team. We've upgraded several positions of need we've gotten way younger and it appears that hunger and intensity based on what I've seen being in Blacksburg when I'm there and all the stuff that you see online, the content from the digital creation team has, has me feeling real good about this young Hokies team, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you look at last year, lost eight games, but
1: in six of those eight losses, we were either losing by one possession or even winning in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they were there, you know, outside of the UNC and Duke games, every game they were there. It just comes down to really depth in those situations. You know, you have to be able to go four quarters and the depth wasn't quite there. um, Last year, this year, I think the depth is there at several key positions. So we'll see, uh, We'll see how it goes this year if we end up in some of those close games in the fourth
0: quarter. Yeah, well, I think um, the my final note on, on last year would be how important, I think, in the trajectory of this Hokies team this year, the 2023 Hokies was the staff's ability to keep – the 2023 recruiting class intact despite only winning three games because it appears that several of those 2023 recruits are going to make an impact on the field for us this season. I agree. There are some people, there are some players in that class that I really am excited to see. Yeah, like Caleb Woodson, uh, Dante Lovett, I think Cotman will get some spin at the star position a little bit. Um to Kai Heath, I think we'll see a little bit of him. I think it, uh, maybe some of the linemen will rotate in and out. I think Most Phillips, really, yeah, and most definitely, most got that dog in him, man. I've heard a lot. Yeah, of good I actually things. I watched his highlight film, you know,
1: earlier this summer, and I it was like literally the first clip on his huddle. He took someone's head off, basically. So, <laughs> I was like, that's a guy I kind of want to see get some burn this year, see what he can do. And it, he had an interception in the spring game, right?
0: Yes, he did. Uh, Yeah, him and Canteen, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm excited about both of them, even though Canteen wasn't a part of our 2023 high school recruiting class. He was a massive part of our 2023 transfer recruiting class. Mm-hmm. But most – I was hanging out with Rock one day, and he he just got on campus. He texted Rock and said, I'm trying to get this work in. So I already knew that man was about his business, and it it appears to be paying off. Yeah, apparently he loves to watch film, and he loves to work. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And uh, the big question mark, I guess, uh, just got answered for us. Our guy, Grant Wells. Son of Marshall, now a Virginia Tech Hokie, is QB1 for the second year in a row. First year could have gone a lot better, to say the least. I'm hoping the second year we get a more of a glimpse of maybe a a refined version of the 2020 Grant Wells-Marshall freshman year where he was just an absolute gunslinger. And I'm hoping by judging – not we can't really judge the spring game, but there was a confidence there that we didn't see last year that we were beginning to see this year. If you look at his spring game in 2022,
1: he went, I think, 10 for 21, which, you know, isn't impressive. And it was kind of masked by the fact that he hit those two long balls to uh, Caleb Smith. This year he was 12 for 18, had a lot of impressive throws. And he wasn't necessarily working with the three receivers that I think we expect to get the catches this year in Jennings, Belton, and Lane. So I think he's more confident with the offense. I think he's more confident with what's around him. And I'm excited for Grant. You know, I've watched every, not every snap, but every game that he's played in college, I've watched just from Marshall and Virginia Tech. So I know what he's capable of, and I think he's going to be, in a much better position to be the best version of himself this year. So I'm excited for him. Also excited for drones. I think he brings certain tools to the offense that Grant can't always bring. And I think that they'll use him in situations where he can really help us. So I'm excited about both guys, but I am very excited for Grant to kind of get an opportunity this year with, you know, more weapons around him and, an offense that hopefully functions a little better than it did last
0: year. No, that's a fact. Um, I'm definitely – I was in the position and of the state of mind that whether it was drones or Wells, I was cool. I don't – like, I just want the starter to get dubs, like just put Ws on the board. Um, I think that I am definitely – not that I think, but I am definitely excited that Grant Wells is going to get the opportunity – to play with an upgraded wide receiver room, and that's no shot at Caleb. And last year, Caleb was my guy, but I mean, there's definitely more talent in the room. And I think if he would have stayed, he would also helped, obviously. But I'm I think Kyron, he's obviously more athletic, and I think that when they're talking about using the two quarterback system, they will not do the Quincy Patterson package or the Brendan Motley package. I think there will be a very nice package for Kyron Jones that will be a variety of plays, so you won't just know what's going to happen when he comes in the game. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to run two quarterbacks, you have to
1: uh, respect the uh, passing game as well. You know, you can't just be bringing in a quarterback that's essentially a running back taking direct snaps. Um, in 2007, they ran that two-quarterback system with uh, Tyrod and Sean Glennon. Sean was the main guy um, in that latter half of the season. But Tyrod came in, and they had to they had to respect the fact that he could throw the ball. I mean, he was a five-star recruit, so he could throw the ball. And I think that's the big key to a uh, two-quarterback system is, unless you're just using the other guy in, like, goal line or – you know, third and one, fourth and one situations, you have to make the other team respect the fact that he can throw the ball as well. And I watched him spin it against uh, WVU last year. You know, he's, he's got an arm. Um, and when his, uh, when his footwork and everything else aligns, he can make a good throw. And I think that that's something that teams are going to have to respect if uh, he can, if he can get all those things right. So I'm excited to see how it goes for him.
0: Yeah, my, I. I think the best case scenario this year is that Grant plays very well, obviously, but Kyron gets to come in. You know, he's relatively inexperienced game wise as a college quarterback. He'll get meaningful game reps and be able to grow and hone his craft while not having to do everything in year one.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to rush a guy into it. Um, You know, I guess you could, I mean, we won the orange bowl in the ACC in 2008, but you could argue that Tyrod was kind of rushed in there a little bit in 2008. And I think the stats reflect that as well. Um, But they had to do what they had to do because they needed a scrambler back there. Um, So I'm hoping that, you know, the offensive line can hold up to where we don't need a quarterback who has to start scrambling a second after he receives the snap. Um, for what I saw in the spring game from the starting offensive line, I think they can hold blocks long enough to kind of let a quarterback sit there in the pocket and process what he's seeing. But, again, that's a spring game. He can't base too much off of it. But um, I, I'm I'm excited to see how drones plays out. It would definitely be very beneficial to him if they can get him in, you know, for every snap in the
0: third, fourth quarter. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and uh, another big part of that Orange Bowl win versus Cincinnati was the fact that Darren Evans went crazy, and yeah. our run- yeah, our running back room this year is a lot. It's it's deep, but it's not Fuente deep where there's fourteen of them, and we just one is good. I think we have right. several that are going to be gr- like really good for us, um, you know, and I think that'll take the pressure, a a lot of pressure. Off of not only our receiving core, it allow them to get more separation because the defense will have to respect the run more. But I think it's going to give you know Grant and Kyron, you know, a little bit of reprieve on the pressure, and I think that'll make a world of difference in not only their confidence levels but also how how well they play throughout the game.
1: Right. I mean, last year Malachi Thomas played what like three or four games, and he played NC State, Miami, and Pitt. Um, uh, Bashal Tootin wasn't here last year. Um, he played against Duke, though, um, at North Carolina A&T and had a very good game against a solid Duke team that won nine games last year. And we know Malachi Thomas can play at an ACC level. So I think you're you know, inserting two running backs into the equation that weren't really there last year. Tootin obviously wasn't here at all, and Thomas played a third of the season. So... That room is going to look a lot different. Um, And I'm also confident in Bryce Duke and Chance Black as, you know, the third and fourth guy, whatever order that may be, to also contribute. So I like like that room right now. Like you said, it's not like when we had, you know, 10 running backs on the roster just hoping something would stick to the wall. You know, I think there are actually guys in this room who can contribute and be – solid players for us that can help open up the passing game a little bit, but also get those tough yards and break off big plays that we're missing last year. So I, I am really excited to see that play out.
0: No, me, me as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, dude, I am gonna be honest. Like there's not much I want to see more in this world as far as college football goes and the Virginia Tech Hokies than to see, chance black have himself a year dude great parents man his mom is awesome he's a great kid he's been through a lot you know he hadn't always hadn't really gone his way he stuck around dude's tough he's resilient he didn't give up on himself i really want to see chance black have himself one hell of a year i love that i remember
1: watching his uh high school film and there was one particular play that stood out to me he uh took a He took a handoff and he found the initial hole and things kind of closed up once he got four or five yards past the line of scrimmage, kind of hesitated, waited for something else to open up and then just hit it and took off. And I was like, you know, a lot of guys, they can, they can juke, they can outrun people, but that kind of vision, you know, that's difficult to teach. And that was something that I thought could be very valuable um, to us. So I would love nothing more than for – chance to go out there and you know be great this year and he can also catch the ball he can be used in a variety of ways I think so we'll see if they they can uh find something for him I'd love that for him um because like I said that that player really stood out to me watching his huddle
0: now that's a fact uh another position that doesn't get talked about a lot I don't think well we talked about it a lot last year because it was a real position of need but um, they had put him back there on kick return and it wasn't really gelling well but I think we went from not having that many kick return punt return options to now we have quite a few yeah. um, especially you know Jalen Lane's there now uh, Cole Beck he's coming back I believe one more yeah, year he had, he had one or two nice kickoff returns against Liberty last year yeah um,
1: so I'd love to. I'd love to see that play out again. I'd I'd love to see him get an open field one time and use that all ACC track speed and
0: just get an open field and just run past everyone. Yes, because there was one against Liberty last year. He was like one person away from break busting it wide open, dude. And I was like, oh man, we're about to see the Jets. But he ended up getting yeah. tackled. Yeah, they they got a kickoff return on us, unfortunately, but you know it happens yeah and um you know to kai heath he's also capable of doing it obviously Jalen lane like i mentioned he we saw what he does against miami last year with at middle tennessee state i'm just uh i'm excited yeah and turner bradshaw too yeah yeah it's your boy
1: i love that kid i've I've been – I've ever since he committed, you know, I've, I went and watched his uh, high school I, – I mean, I guess you could call it his high school film. It was on Ahmad Bradshaw, his father's uh, Instagram. And I was just watching him do stuff that I was like, yeah, this guy, if he was playing, you know, not in Bluefield, Virginia, but, you know, maybe Richmond or somewhere in the Tidewater area, he'd probably be getting some more looks than – What was it, like us and Vanderbilt? I know Notre Dame was interested in him a little bit, too. Um, But, yeah, he – I'm excited to see him. And they've they've been uh, talking about him a little bit. So, I'd
0: love to see that. I'd love to see him get into open field a couple times, too. No, that's a fact, dude. Uh, It's kind of like a full circle moment for me. Like, damn, I'm old because I used to eat lunch. Or dinner on Saturday Saturdays or Sundays in the off season with a mod at Harless Hall in Marshall and now his kid plays for Virginia Tech. So it's it's yeah, crazy I think to me. Harless
1: ruined my stomach forever. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm glad you had a good time.
0: It was the first year. It was the first year it was around, so I yeah, guess, uh, yeah,
1: it's a fairly new building.
0: Yeah, it must have uh the the quality must have waned when when you rolled through.
1: Uh, it had to, cause yeah, it it was not it was not ideal. Shout out to Harless. <laughs>
0: yeah, speaking of concerns, um, offensive line people seem to be concerned, uh, especially Bob Schick. But I think you know Ron Crook is gonna get this, these guys right, dude. I think this new scheme. Is going to benefit a lot of them tremendously, and I don't think that Bob Schick is going to be terrible. I don't think he's going to be bad. Um, we don't need him to be amazing. We just need him to be good. You know, and yeah, I think I mean, he can do that. Yeah, he's what six six three zero five. I think I read. Um, so
1: he he looks the part. Um, he's he's been at Virginia Tech for what you know. This will be his third year. So I think he knows what power five ACC football looks like. And he's also, he's kind of bounced back and forth between tackle and guard. I think I like him better at guard. And yeah, I, you know, he has Parker Clements to his right, who I think is, in terms of, you know, what we saw from Parker his freshman year in 2021, you know, he's he's a good lineman if he if he can do that again. And it always helps you as a lineman if the guy next to you is moving people. So I think uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, like I said, I like Bob better at guard. And hopefully, you know, if I think there's depth of that position with uh, Clayton Frady, I believe he was an FCS All-American, right? So yeah, I'm not as worried about that position as others might be. But again, we have to... Uh, watch it play out on Saturdays,
0: so. No, that's a fact. I got a lot of faith in Xavier Chaplin. I'm excited to see that kid get it going this year. Um, A lot of hype and optimism around him last year. Seemed to do fairly well from what I remember when I watched him play last year. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him after another year with Galt in the offseason. And, you know, been working with Crook this off season too. Since he's gotten there, uh, all the guys have been together a whole another year. I think they're are people don't talk about. I mean, they talk about chemistry, but I don't think they give it enough respect. I think that matters when you just automatically yeah. know what the next person is going to do beside you. And you don't have to think about it as much.
1: Right, continuity is important, and I guess that might be my biggest concern with the offensive line. Um, is just kind of continuity. And that's more of an issue at the beginning of the season rather than the end. But at left tackle, you know, you have Chaplin. He's a redshirt freshman. You have Braylon Moore at left guard. He's a redshirt freshman. At center, you have Caden Moore, who I believe will be a junior. Um, I don't think he redshirted in 2021. And he uh, this is his first year playing center. He was at right guard. You know, Bob Schick's stepping in at right guard. So, really, the only uh, consistent thing from last season is Parker Clements at uh, right tackle. So, I guess like my biggest concern with the offensive line is uh, continuity and chemistry, like you said. But um, Crook, I, you know, he had, he had kind of a, he had an interesting uh, offensive line at Cincinnati in 2019 when they won 11 games. Like, one guy was, a former basketball player. One guy was, like, I think a former hockey player or something. Another guy was uh, – he played in Germany and only played two years. So, you know, he's made uh, – he's kind of made offensive lines that on paper shouldn't be that impressive. And, and you know, they were part of an 11-1 team. So, I'm excited
0: to see what he can do with them. Whoa, 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 Noah. Are you telling me – on this podcast that german born citizens can be good football players because twitter says they cannot uh i'm saying that they can be a part of an 11 win team <laughs> that's facts no i got we got some, we got some germans on the squad um i'm we not do. too down on them yeah i'm not down on them at all but uh yeah man uh, offensive line like you said they are young and they have not really They've practiced together. They haven't been live together as a unit. But luckily, the first couple games are very winnable before we get into the part of the schedule, you know, where they're going to have to be on their A game the whole time. You know, Yeah, that's, that's what I love about, you know, a year
1: like this where you don't really know what you have. You know, you're coming off a disappointing season. Rather than jumping right into conference play, um, where your first, second, third game of the year is a conference opponent, first four games are non-conference opponents. And obviously, you'd like to win them all. But ultimately, you know, your goal is to win your conference championship, right? Or, you know, be competitive in your conference. And they don't really have to worry about that until five games. They don't have to worry about it at all, really, until five games into the season. So, well, the fifth game of the season. So, I, uh, I think that that kind of favors them, um, favors this team to where they can kind of figure out in the first four games of the season, what do we have, what works, and kind of ride that into conference play on
0: September 30th against Pitt. Yes, sir. And transitioning to the other side of the line, I actually feel real good about our defensive line, man. Um, oh, yeah. Like, Big P. You know Phil Darius Payne, that's my guy. I'm excited for him, and uh, obviously APR, dude, Antoine Powell, Ryland, man. Yeah, he came Florida on at the end of, end of the year last year. He, uh, yes. I, I am excited for him. Yes, and those practice videos that we saw only make me more excited because yeah, that I, what was it like a spin move that he put on someone?
1: Yeah, that I haven't seen since, since like.
0: Who knows when? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And I have, I have faith in the middle of the line, too. I think they'll be a lot better than last oh, year. Oh, there's
1: I've so played. much experience. And there. there's, not, there isn't anything those guys haven't seen before. I mean, they were playing back when Georgia Tech was still, I I think at least like Kendricks and Pollard, if they redshirted in 2018, you know, they've even prepared for triple options. There's not a lot that those guys haven't seen. So,
0: Yes, and uh, Cole Nelson um, mm-hmm. quits on wing challenges, but doesn't quit on football. So I'm excited for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then Penne, I don't really know what to expect, but I'm not I'm not negative about it either. So yeah, they they like him um, from what I understand. So apparently he's really
1: like flexible, can bend, um kind of get around blocks. So. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's kind of one of those unproven younger guys. who did get some burn last year, um, but he's he is one of those
0: guys that we haven't seen a lot who I'm curious to see what he can do. Yeah, and with the addition of APR, I feel like he hasn't been talked about as much, but I'm still very excited about him. A guy we uh-huh. both know well, CJ McCray. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh there's a lot of Marshall in the Virginia Tech football program right now. <laughs> yeah, the connection runs strong for like the last forty years, fifty years, so Yeah, that goes it goes way back before a lot of us were born, so <laughs> Yeah. Uh linebacker wise, we we finally figured out maybe Jaden Keller is gonna run the mic. Uh that was a big question marker. Who's it gonna be? Mm-hmm. you know Stone Snyder came in from VMI people were like maybe it's him he decides to step away from the game uh him we hear Jaden Keller Jaden McDonald not really sure who it was going to be i think it's probably going to be both still but mm-hmm. jaden seems to be the one making the call jaden game. i'm excited yeah, sir, for but... him man
1: yeah he um so i mean like in my notes right here Dax had eleven tackles, um, one and a half tackles for a loss last year against Old Dominion, um, and so Keller's filling in where Dax was last year, and he forced a fumble against Old Dominion last year. Um, so, i I think uh, I think I expect Keller, or you know, if McDonald gets some burn too, I expect the middle linebacker position to play very well on September second. Um, just based off of what we saw last year, they do have a different offensive coordinator, but I, I'm definitely going to be looking at the middle linebacker a lot when we're on defense just to kind of see how they're moving and see if they're getting into the backfield, being disruptive, and not making mistakes. You know, If a running back does get through the line of scrimmage, is that middle linebacker going to be there to stop it before it gets
0: to the second level? Yeah, man. Uh, I was trying to look at, you know, we were talking before and we both kind of laughed because we were like, you know, last year we knew a couple of ODU players. This year we don't know shit because their best player, Ollie Jennings, is a Hokie. You know, the kid came home where he belongs. Uh, Zach Kuntz, you've been seeing him on Hard Knocks with Aaron Rodgers. He's with the Jets. Yep. Uh, other than that, they return quite a few people. Don't know any of them. They got. They do have one linebacker that they're returning. That had Jason Henderson, a hundred and seventy-nine tackles last year. That's crazy. Yeah, he had sixteen
1: against uh, against us last year.
0: He uh, clearly
1: knows where to be.
0: Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> if the linebacker is making all those tackles, and they're not many for loss. That means their D-line's pretty penetrable, and I like our running backs in space, my man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like, like I said, he had one tackle for a loss last year out of 16 tackles. So that kind of, you know, I wasn't watching him, but, you know, it leads me to believe that he wasn't necessarily being disruptive. He was just kind of stopping guys from getting to the second level, um but you get you know you get Tootin or Thomas one on one. I think they can make a miss. We'll see. He is like you say, he had 179 tackles last year, which is insane. And so he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So I'm not I'm not necessarily expecting every time someone's one on one with them they're gonna get by, him. but if they can just do it once or twice, create a couple big plays. That'll that'll be the key because it really seemed like last year, um, not just the ODU game, but really the whole season. The big plays
0: were few and far between, so it's looking like we're gonna get the battle of the Grants, Grant Wells, the Grant, Grant, the Grant W's, yeah, the G
1: Dubs, yeah, yeah. Grant Wells went to G Dub too, George Washington, right down the road from where I live right now. Actually,
0: Let's see, parallels are crazy. Yeah. But I don't know shit about Grant Wilson. Uh, I know he went to Fordham, and I watched a little bit of their spring game, and he, I saw him look right at the defender and just throw it to him. I picked it off. So I'm hoping that is a sign of what's to come, and I hope that we take this dude's lunch. Yeah, I mean, he was a backup at Fordham in the two
1: years that he uh, he was there. He's listed as a true junior on ODU's website, 2022. He was four for five, 41 yards, two touchdowns, Twenty twenty six for eight, 52 yards. He's never played a game against an FBS opponent. So I was kind of wondering, like, how did this guy end up at uh, – how did he end up at, you know, Old Dominion? How did he go upward? Um, but his offensive coordinator from Fordham went to ODU. So that makes sense. Um, but like I said, he's never played against an FBS opponent. Um, he's only thrown thirteen career passes. Um, only thrown for hundred and three yards, which is you know less than ten yards per completion. Which you know I kind of like quarterback to have, you know at least ten yards per completion. So I I think uh, I think that favors Virginia Tech, especially with the uh, defensive backfield that we're bringing this season. Um, yeah, I think that's a huge advantage for us going in, um, his inexperience and just, you know, them losing Coons and Jennings to, uh, the NFL and the portal is,
0: uh, I think that's a big advantage for Virginia Tech. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about our DB room. I know we didn't talk about them when we were going position by position, but I feel like they're very young. They're very talented. They're very hungry to prove themselves, and I think they're going to make a lot of plays this year for us that we're going to need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there weren't enough interceptions last year. Um,
1: so I'm, I, I really want to see them go out there and just pick balls out of the air, jump routes, and really you know put the offense in advantageous situations while they try to uh, kind of figure out you know, what they're going to be, um, what they're good at and stuff. You know, you have to put the offense in advantageous situations. And I'm confident that this defensive backfield can do that if the other team wants to throw the ball. So
0: I think uh, I think that'll play into our favor quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, I said this on the Boundary Corner 2023 Hokie preview panel, but Dax is no longer there. He was our leader on defense last year. When he wasn't on the field, it seemed like they were a little more lost. He kind of kept everybody together. I feel like this year there's going to be several leaders on defense at different positions that if one of them is rotating out for a couple plays, there will be others around them to keep everybody focused and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. So I'm excited for that piece, like, uh, Derek Canteen just got there. Uh, we talked about it though with, when I when I had him on here, and we were like, you know, you're a new kid on campus, but you're older in your position room, so you're already a leader just from day one. So, and he's accepted that role, and he's really excited about it. I think mm-hmm. uh, J- Jalen Strowman gonna be a leader. Not your people. Oh, yeah, I mean his brother, yeah.
1: his brother was a leader too.
0: Um, yeah, throw that he's out sure. there. You know. Yeah, Greg. Shout out, Greg but now mm-hmm. I think that we have we have leaders all over the defense and I think that is on, obviously it's on purpose um that's the type of player they want the type of player they recruit right so I'm excited for that hmm
1: yeah canteen I mean it goes beyond just the uh football field from what I've read um you know from the way he eats to the way he studies film he's he's a leader um I'm Really excited to watch him play. Um, I think he's going to be an excellent player for us. And that was that was obvious after, you know, it kind of felt like we were going to get Ollie Jennings. At least that's how I felt. Um, Canteen was the one that I really wanted that I wasn't sure we were going to get. When we got him, I was like, that's good. J- just from like a playing standpoint, but then he actually gets on campus and, you know, you start reading these articles about, what he's doing off the field as well. And I was like, see, that's that's the key to a good culture right there. Um, you know, you can you can put out a good team, you know, any given year, um, depending on, like, what kind of, like, if you have a bunch of seniors or how you use the transfer portal. But the key to a good culture where you can churn out a good team every year, that's guys like Canteen who off the field are, you know, eating right, studying film, you know, holding other guys to the same standard. So, Canteen, he's he's a very important piece to this team, not just on the field, but off as well.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. Is there a player for the Virginia Tech Hokies that we don't talk about a lot, but you think is going to make an impact on Saturday night, 8 p.m., September 2nd, in Lane Stadium that is gonna make an impact on the game.
1: Uh well we did kind of talk about him earlier um a little bit, but uh Xavier and Turner Bradshaw. Um I mean I I've noticed in a lot of social media posts, you know, they're posting him behind the defense in practice, you know, him scoring a touchdown and a lot of guys have been very complimentary of him, and uh, like Montserrat Delane called him like a jackrabbit, I think is the term he used. Uh, he He's a guy who I think – you know, he's in that he's in the two deep at wide receiver, so he's going to see some snaps. He can return punts. He's, uh, he's the guy who I could see, you know, if he gets in the space one time, look out because he – I mean, you see it on his high school film. he's he's an unreal athlete. He can make a lot of things happen. He's someone who I could see you know scoring a touchdown week one and like a long touchdown. and everyone just talks about it all week. That's who I'm excited about.
0: hell, yeah, I hope that happens more than one time. yeah, yeah, more yeah. He wants to go out there and score three touchdowns. That's cool to me. <laughs> Right. I'm trying to see I'm trying to see this offense put up Will Chamberlain numbers. Yeah. Yeah, let's put him a hundred on ODU. <laughs> Why not? Um now nah, for me, uh he's been there a while, but I think that Dorian strong. I think he'll make a strong statement that Saturday. Uh mm-hmm. people don't always give him the credit I think he deserves and the respect that I think he deserves, but I think he's gonna go out there this year and show everybody you know i when i'm healthy i do this for real
1: yeah i mean the thing about strong is that he was playing as a true freshman in 2020 right um or was it was it yeah it was 2020 um and am i right there I believe i'm pretty so. yeah yeah and he um and obviously that off season was pretty uh, pretty wild with COVID. Um, You know, he didn't get the development that a lot of true freshmen get coming in just because of the way that COVID ravaged the team in August and fall camp. But he still came out there and he was solid. Uh, 2021 was solid again. Last year we didn't really get to see him because he got hurt during the uh, West Virginia game, which I believe was like the fourth game of the season. Um, so I think, I think he's ready to be back out there and I'm really excited for him because he, you know, given the hand that he was dealt being a true freshman in 2020, he still went out there and looked like a good player. Um, you know, he wasn't a liability. He made some plays. He had the interception against Boston college, which, you know, didn't That play didn't really end the way that we wanted it to, but he can make plays. Um, I really, really am excited for him just from a standpoint of he only got to play three and a half games last year. Um, So him, Delane, Canteen, that is a solid
0: three cornerbacks right there. Absolutely. And there's some good depth pieces behind him. Oh, yeah. I think Braylon Braylon might get a little spin this year. Uh, love it. I think you'll see some guys um, contribute. I don't know how much, but I think their their contributions will be necessary. Do you think? Yep. How do you think we attack this thing? Do you think we just come out balls to the wall and just try to like take take their launch from the very beginning? Um, I think. I you know, obviously the, the offense
1: is going to look way different than what it looked like last year um, from a personnel standpoint and a coaching standpoint. Um, I think they're going to try to do what they want to do all year though. And that's establish the run, um, open up the pass. And once the pass is opened up, take advantage of other teams defensive backs because we have a lot of solid receivers in that room. Um, that's kind of how I see us attacking them. I don't, Necessarily think they're going to come out there and just try to, you know, throw it from the start and, you know, go for 300 yards. Um, I think they're going to kind of stick to what they want us to be as an offense. So I think we're going to see a lot of uh,
0: runs in the first half. That's kind of the way I see it playing out. I'm cool with that. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. Whether and how ODU approaches it, whether they're going to play like they have nothing to lose, or if they're going to try to control the tempo and 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 slow the game down, it'll be interesting to see how they go about it.
1: Yeah, they um their offensive coordinator, who I can't remember the name of, um, but he's coming from Fordham. He liked to uh, run an un- t- up tempo offense at Fordham. I don't necessarily think that his personnel favors that. I think they're better off kind of shortening the game, running the clock, being conservative on offense, and kind of being opportunistic when they have the chance. Um, I think that that's probably what they'll try to do because that's – I mean, if they want to go out there and try to run 90 plays, the more plays you give another team to kind of like out-talent you, the more likely you are to lose. But he comes from a background, their office coordinator, that is where they like to run up tempo. So we'll see, we'll see what he does. I think, I think if they try to run up tempo, though, it might get ugly. If they play conservative and kind of keep it a low scoring game and try not to uh, do too much, um, I think that they can still be there in the second third quarter. But. You know, it's his first game at ODU. We don't know what he's going to do, so. And also, I think Ronnie was, like, how do you pronounce their head coach? Ricky Ran or Ricky, Ricky Ron- Ronnie? Ricky Ronnie. Ricky, Ricky Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, like, uh, yeah, that's, you know, no disrespect to Ricky Ronnie. I just, <laughs> you know, never seen it spelled like that. But uh, <laughs> That's some West Virginia ass shit, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I haven't even seen that in West Virginia. But uh, <laughs> he, uh. He's a former offensive coordinator, I believe. Right. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they've been kind of I'm I'm sure he's been pretty involved with whatever game plan they're going to come out with offensively. And they were pretty conservative last year. So, you know, they kind of wait, waited for us to make mistakes and they were opportunistic. Um, You know, they executed that very well. And I kind of see a similar game plan for them this year. Um, how that factors into an offensive coordinator who apparently isn't really used to calling an offense like that, I don't know.
0: Um, he might not be ready for that, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, no, nah, No disrespect to Ricky Ronnie. Um, it's just <laughs> what a name. No, nah, uh, full. Yeah, I know how to
1: spell it. I just I know yeah. how to spell it
0: off the top of my head. I just, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. I just used to have this employee, and she was married to this dude named Ronnie, and she would call out all the time, but she ain't speak English, and he did. So he would call me, be like, This is Ronnie. And it just meant every time I <laughs> Ricky Ronnie, dude, it makes me laugh. Um, because two first names, yeah, that's unfortunate. It would have been Ricky Rain, would have been way better for the Monarchs, you know what I'm saying. Oh, that's what I said up. Until, Maybe he should rebrand uh, the game. It.
1: Actually, yeah, you know, I mean, it's probably too late for that, but you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, up until the actual game started last year, I was just calling him like Ricky Ron. So,
0: oh man, now I think, or I think we're getting to the point, and we should have this should have never happened, but I think we're getting to the point now where it doesn't. Matter what teams like ODU do, I think we're going to be able to out-athlete them. Whether they try to slow it down, I don't think it's going to work out for them. I think they're better trying to sucker punches or something. You know what I'm saying? Like hit us with something trick weird. Trick plays, and yeah. yeah. But uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't really see it working out in their favor, either way. Um, yeah,
1: I think it's going to be very difficult for them to sustain drives. Um, you know they have to start a drive from their 20, 25 yard line. I don't necessarily see them being able to go down the field um, and getting points without running some kind of trickery. But once you've seen it once, you know, you're prepared for it later on. So I think they're probably going to wait until they get good field position, whether that's a turnover or a big special teams play to break that out. But if we can keep them on their half of the field and, Make them go on sustained drives. I'm not, I'm not, they didn't even, did they run any trick plays last year? I don't recall them running anything like that last year.
0: So, nah, they didn't. We just coughed it up to them five times or however many.
1: Yeah, one of their touchdowns was a, like a field goal
0: that went awry to say the least. So, yeah. And I mean, looking at their, who they return, I mean, they don't have a running back that, or, that amassed over 125 yards last year coming back. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: their second leading receiver against us last year is back,
0: but he had two receptions for 16 yards. Yeah, and he only had, like, 500 yards in the season. I mean, it's not yeah. bad, but. Yeah, uh, Keyshawn Wicks. Yeah, they lost, uh, was it, Kadari Kunta to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, they, I mean. I don't know what to expect. from. I never watched ODU anyway, but. I really don't know what to expect because it's not going to be anything like what we saw last year, and our team is not anything like we saw last year, so it's going to be yeah. interesting.
1: Hopefully, yeah, a very good, interesting. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love a good, a, a blowout win. We haven't really seen, you know, one of those 30, 40 point wins in a while. So since what, like, maybe Georgia Tech, twenty nineteen, when we won forty five nothing. Yeah,
0: you know, pardon my language. Boston
1: College was like, what? Like, we beat them in 2020. That was COVID year. I kind of just ignore everything that happened that year. So,
0: yeah. But, yeah, I mean, shit. I'm, I miss the days when we beat the shit out of people and we were mad we didn't score 60 points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I would like to get back to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, not, I, I look back at, you know, we already talked about that 2008 season, played firm in the game two. I think we beat them, like 24 to three or something. So even when we were, you know, winning ACC championships and Orange Balls, we didn't necessarily smack teams around as much. Um, but it would be nice to see. Like I remember playing App State in 2011. Beat them 66-13, and going into that game, all the talk was about, you know, this is a p- potential FCS upset over an FBS team. VT lost to uh, JMU last year, and App State beat Michigan and four years ago in 2007, but went up there and put up 60 on them. So, well, we didn't go in there. They came to us, but I would love to see that. I Just given the way I think the game's going to play out, I don't – think that we're necessarily going to smack him around like that but I do think it's going to be like one of those games where you feel in control the whole time and plays are going to happen and we're going to win um but I don't want to jump the gun too much
0: yeah same I'm trying to rein it in you know no yeah. pun intended uh I just hope for a convincing w and I hope I'm recording the uh, ODU review, Purdue preview podcast on Sunday. Horse and happy—that's <laughs> all I'm hoping for. Oh, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna be horse regardless of what goes on.
1: You know, I, facts. I've been looking forward to this all summer. I got some Marshall buddies on with me who are excited to see. Uh, I think they're really just excited to see enter sandman To be honest, but they'll uh once understand kind of gets into their veins they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be yelling they're gonna be yelling so
0: yeah I haven't yelled in several months, so I'm gonna be hoarse by like the first two minutes of the game and then it's just gonna get worse from there so when you hear next week's episode just know'm I'm, I'm playing hurt all right <laughs> well, Noah man, I'm glad you came on here, you know did this with me. You bring a lot of valuable information. You're an intelligent person, good hokey fan. Uh, if y'all want to tailgate with us, we will be together Saturday, September 2nd at Virginia Tech. Holler at your boy, and I'll let you know where we're going to be. Other than that, the season is here. It's time to be some ass. It's time to laugh together, be mad together, Get drunk together. Regardless of that, go Hokies. Go Hokies.